Animals! Unleashed! I'm here at the Chatsworth Old People's Home for retired military servicemen, a place for the elderly to spend their twilight years in comfort and peace. This is Wilbur. He's a four-year-old pig from Gloucester who's been smeared in olive oil for this special occasion. Wilbur's always been something of a tearaway and tonight we'll witness the sheer bloody carnage of what happens when he's unleashed. Now, stand back. I'm putting Wilbur down. Disclaimer. Greased Pig, made aware of his social commitments, has agreed to recompense any deaths caused during the course of his rampage. God be with you, Wilbur. Next time. Next time, we'll be... It's the unprofessionals! Come in. Ah, there you are, Barry. Sit down. Hi, I'm Barry Scott. Yes, I know that, Barry. We've gone over this. I don't introduce myself as your agent every time I see you, do I? No! Well, there we go. Now listen, Barry, I'm a little concerned that you're going to end up being typecast. No way! Yeah, well, I've decided to look around for some other jobs that you could do to get away from this whole sillip bang thing. Bang, and the dirt is gone. Yes, I know. I've seen the advert. So, I've sent out some emails and I've got a few replies. Tell me what you reckon of these. There's an advert for this new uh, magic kit. Shazam! And the bird is gone! Hmm. Okay, maybe not. Uh, what about this new single for the Wham! reunion? Wham! George Michael's song! Okay. What about hosting this award ceremony? Sham! Who bribed a gong? Look, look, Barry. You've got to stop this. You can't ride this catchphrase through your whole life. Man, I'll release a song! Barry! Bang, I'll make a bomb! Barry! Clang, I'll become Klingon! Barry, please, just stop it. Man, I didn't... No, that's enough. Now, are you going to stop this ridiculous silly bang thing and talk normally? Barry? Yes? Not even if I ask you to give me your thoughts on the Spin It It's Nang DJ set? No? How about the new chili tang sauce? Good. Right, how about you go and get some fresh air before we get down to this meaty stuff? Okay. Slam and the burke is gone. Hail, Emperor Caligula. Hail, 
Emperor, me and some of the other senators have been chatting, and, well, we think your public image could do with a bit of a tweak, if you know what I mean. A tweak? That's right, your all-powerfulness. We were bouncing some ideas around after the execution yesterday, and we came up with a few points you might want to take a look at. The Emperor is listening. Okay. Item A, your sister. My sister? What's wrong with her? She's popular, she's good for the troop morale. Yeah. The senators agree with that. It's just your habit of shagging her in public. Well, I hold her in great affection, of course. Yeah, but there's affection and then there's affection. What are you trying to say? Well, affection might be to hug her or buy her jewellery. It's not very brotherly to bend your sister over the salad buffet and... Well, I don't think I need to go into details, but we'd rather you refrain from that kind of display. I'll think about it. What else? Item B... The god thing? You've been beheading statues of our favourite gods and replacing their heads with your own. I was drunk. I wanted to see what I'd look like if I had breasts. Well, you know, it's going to incur us a substantial amount of wrath if the real gods find out about it. Jupiter wanted me to stop. He'd send a sign. As it is, I reckon we're bonding, and offering his statuesque head will bring us closer together. Uh, yeah. Well, something to think about. On to item C. The plague. I'm a natural-born actor, what can I say? Nobody doubts your talents, your Empress. It's just the way you handle the bad reviews. I know, I know, I can't take criticism. You fed the entire audience to the lions. I overreacted. You know what a bad temper I have. Yeah, next time you... Maybe you might not force their parents to watch as you have their children killed? That little kid booed me. Me, the Emperor. No, he had to die. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Are we done yet? I wanted to go shag a few male prostitutes this afternoon before I had them all executed for being homosexual. Well, there are a few more things to get through. Such as the thing you've got about keeping people you don't like in cages, that time you murdered your cousin. Honestly, your godfulness, you couldn't make stuff up if you tried. Well, I'm a bit of a character, as you know. But you'll definitely have a think about the points I've raised. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Emperor. You are truly gracious. God? Kill him. This Tuesday at 9, Freak TV presents The Boy Without a Face. The exclusive first episode of a brand new documentary series. Look, laugh, and feel better about yourself. Lewis Barnes is not your typical 14 year old boy from Bristol. Lewis is actually one of a handful of people from around the world who are unlucky enough to be born without a face. Do you remember the moment when you first saw your son, Mr. Barnes? I remember being in hospital ward after my wife had just given birth. And I remember the nurse handing my baby over to me for the first time. And I remember looking down into his eyes and realising that he didn't actually have any eyes. Or ears, or mouth, or nose. Or anything you'd typically expect from a face, really. I thought for a moment that I was just holding him upside down. But then it slowly started to dawn on me that my son didn't actually have a face. How did you react to this? Well, I was a bit shocked at first, obviously. I remember asking Nurse if there was any chance he'd just left his face inside my wife. I thought maybe we could just pull it out and stick it back on. Turns out that weren't possible. But, you know, you have to take what you're given, don't you? If my son didn't have a face, then so be it. Due to not having a face, Lewis is often the victim of bullying at school. What do they call your son at school, Mrs Barnes? They call him Two-Face. 
As your son's mother, how does that make you feel? Well, I don't really get why they call him that, to be honest. I mean, he doesn't even have one face. Now, after 14 years of saving up, Mr. and Mrs. Barnes are able to afford for their son to have a full face transplant. We're very excited about today. It's been a long time coming, but soon we'll be able to walk out of those doors with a son that we won't feel ashamed of. Have you been told where the donated faces come from? Apparently, there was a major car accident on the motorway yesterday. A 15-year-old lad and his mother were crushed between two lorries. Everything, apart from their faces, was completely pulverised. Pretty lucky, really. And we talk face to smooth exterior with Lewis Barnes himself and ask him all about the unique challenges that he's dealt with throughout his life. What's it like not having a face? <laughs> I see. The boy without a face. This Tuesday at nine, only on Freak TV. Right, everyone, as you know, we've called this emergency meeting to discuss program planning for a non Pacific network channel that is on the television. The fact is, gentlemen, <coughs> gentlemen, and Agnes. The fact is, there are absolutely no ideas left. Not even ones with shows that are already out and we can change slightly and pretend to new ideas. Such a celebrity liver swap. Precisely. That one really kept us going. But once we went out of organs to transplant, that show died a death. Much like the celebrities that took part. If only there was an animal that was a celebrity, but it had millions of organs that we could each make individual long-running series out of. But for some reason, that never happened. Shame, really. Sir? Sir? Sir! Was I doing it again? Yes, you were. The point is, gentlemen... Oh, sorry, Agnes, I thought you were going to interrupt. But you didn't. The point is, I have the new approach to programme-making we so desperately need. Which is? Well, basically, every show is the same. There's a simple blueprint, and we just add stuff. Sorry, sir. For instance, Friends is just six quirky people who know each other. Fraser is two neurotic psychiatrist brothers, and Everybody Loves Raymond is just appalling. We know this. But normally we dress it up with all this extra stuff, all this idea stuff. I propose that we get rid of all of that and just present the formula. Why would anyone want to watch that? Because there are no ideas left in the universe. What about this folder marked Young Hopeful Students Brimming with Ideas? Yeah! Right, come on, let's trip down some ideas. Drama, sex in the city. Um, four, slightly different women analyse unrealistic sexual encounters in the confines of an agreed boundary and or topography. You sort of got the hang of it, but don't forget, people are idiots. You know, I've got the perfect one for Will and Grace. And now we return to a straight-acting homosexual and stereotypical Jewess. In all my clumsiness, I've dropped a bowl of matzo soup all over the floor. No fear, though, his mother makes it in bulk and gives it to all my siblings, except the one who didn't go to law school as she wanted. His alienation being amusing. A stereotypical Jewess, can I get your opinion on a superficial matter such as fashion or appearance while still conforming to the obvious homophobic standards that the USA still harbors? As I'm not a screaming queen, this is somehow a stride towards equality. 
Straight acting homosexual, I think that your apparent flaws are going to be marked by a more entertaining secondary character in a moment, so you must tell me of some particular hang-up you have. I'll be 35 soon. I've not had sex for a while, or even in a show, as it'd be too unwholesome to actually reference sex acts between- I have small breasts! That must be one of our slightly more entertaining secondary characters now! La 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 la, some generic show tune. Hello, you two. I'm gonna spend a long time describing my sexual encounters and vanity before pointing out your flaws and leaving after you grow tired of this rather long-winded one-way exchange. I've grown tired of this long-winded exchange. As have I. That being the case, straight-acting homosexual, you were aged beyond your years in some exaggerated analogy, possibly because of your lack of sexual intercourse and stereotypical Jewess, your clothing does nothing to improve your physical attractiveness. That didn't seem to do any long-lasting damage to our self-esteem, did it? If only there was some way to repeat the process, but mask it so that it appears to be an entirely new set of observations. Look at me throw money around, drink alcohol, alludes my addiction to prescription drugs while still appearing healthy and normal as I have my own teeth and skin. Mild xenophobia in regards to my cleaners, some surrealistic monologue about my husband that you'll never see, and when you mock me I shall ignore this completely and simply carry on as normal. Can I take a moment to express some rather disturbed internal commentary by the Jewish producers in regard to the ideas facing modern post-Holocaust families and the- YOU HAVE breasts! Hello? Yes, uh, hello. Is this the Samaritans? What number did you ring? Well... The Samaritans. Then it is no great leap of the imagination to presume that this is the destination you've reached, correct? Um, well... I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here and assume you rang on account of your desire to kill yourself. No. Well, yes. Well, actually, I've been having problems, you see. I just... Normally, when one dials this number, it is at the point where one is actually standing on one's balcony. I live in a bungalow. That's no reason to kill yourself. I didn't say it was. Y you're just twisting my words. No, sir, I am simply trying to come up to the very simple conclusion as to whether or not you intend to do to your person some form of physical harm. I, I just don't think I can continue living like this anymore. I felt like that once, so I bought a Cadillac. And did that make you feel better? God, no, don't be stupid. It made me poor. Now, driving it, that made me feel much better. Have you ever considered prostitution? Excuse me? Well, it's just that after I bought my Cadillac, I felt somewhat unfulfilled. So I bought a whore. That's just unorthodox. Would you consider whoring yourself out? Would, would I what? No! So you accept that in your archaic patriarchal form of misogynistic ignorance believe that women only can resort to prostitution? Look, I, I never said a thing. I've never seen it as a viable career move. I'm ugly, I'm bald, I'm short, fat, and I'm hung like a dormouse. Ah, so that's why you want to kill yourself. I suppose so, yes. You should see someone. Well, that's why I phoned you. Well, then, there's only one thing for it, then, isn't there? What? Kill yourself. But, but you're supposed to help me. No, no, that's a very old-fashioned idea. We're simply a stopgap for those who haven't yet found the most effective way of topping themselves. I don't believe this. I have the catalogue right here. <clears throat> Given the current economic climate, overdoses and shootings have declined somewhat in popularity. Look! But it all depends on um, whether you want speed at the expense of, well, expense. 
Spend a bit of cash on our snake, wake up in paradise all that quicker. But then again, if you're as destitute as you say, uh, maybe the bin bag bathtub method is the most suited. It's a little tricky and may require a few attempts, but I'm sure you'll manage after a few dunks. Um, I'm hanging up now. Sometimes you can find a partner and take turns. Hello? Hello? No balls, I'm going back to Childline. This Tuesday at 9, Freak TV presents David and Cynthia, the second exclusive episode of a shocking new documentary series. Look, laugh, and feel better about yourself. Dave and Cynthia are, on paper, a normal, loving couple. Dave works hard to provide for Cynthia whilst she provides him with love. But there is one thing that has resulted in this couple being ostracized from the community in which they live. Dave. You and Cynthia appear to be a loving couple. So what's the problem? Well, uh, it's perfectly simple. My community don't appear to be happy that I've chosen to live with Cynthia. They seem to have it in for her. Because she's a tree? Yes. Well, I say yes, but I think the term tree is derogatory. To me, she is simply a loving partner. Who happens to be a tree? I prefer the term oak. Or, to me, royal oak. Uh, she is my princess. Learn all about their freaky sexual relationship. I love exploring her beautiful body. Up high, down low. I won't lie, when it comes to actual lovemaking, there are a few splinters at first, but uh, I prefer to look at them like one might look upon a love bite. It's a very sensual thing. Has there been any difficulties? There was once a horrendous moment where I thought she was cheating on me. But it turned out to be a lad on his stag night who'd been stripped naked and handcuffed there by his mates. So what did you do? Well, myself and Cynthia had never once to shy away from sexual fantasies, so I just went around the other side. So, another person was involved? Just at one time. He told me I was weird, but from his screams, I think he enjoyed it. And it was just the tree you made love to that night? Uh, yeah, I'm not a bloody homo. David and Cynthia. The shocking true story of a man in love with a tree. This Tuesday at 9, only on Freak TV. It's a beautiful evening, isn't it, Catherine? Indeed it is, sire. I dare say nearly as beautiful as your lovely eyes. Oh, Henny, it truly is a lovely night. Catherine, there's something I've been meaning to ask you. Why, you are Henry VIII, King of England, leader of the faith and snubber of the French, and Welsh and Scottish, and probably Irish, but who's checking? Finland had better watch its back. Whatever it is you ask, my lord, it is my duty to offer. Catherine, my darling, my lover, the chicken of my heart. You do love chicken. Would you do me the honour of being my wife? Ah. Ah? Well... I do love you, Henry. Really, I do. But your divorce is barely even final. Anne? Anne was nothing. A blip on the map I'd rather forget. Perhaps. But Catherine Howard's head is still on a pike outside the castle. It's just that I love the expression of shock on her face. It, it makes me laugh every time. If we're being brutally honest here, you don't have the greatest track record with marriage, do you, love? It's not that bad. Well, let's have a look at what I could be signing up for. Divorce, execution, death, supposedly of natural causes. She was the keeper. Then another divorce and another execution. 
Not to mention that you wanted out of your first marriage so badly that you caused a schism in the church. Every marriage goes through rough patches, but whose commitment issues are so immense that they need to start a religion over it. But I'm a virile man, with man's needs. Does one judge a lustful rabbit for acting on its nature? Well, that's the other thing. What? Have you had a long, hard look in the mirror lately? You're not exactly a catch. You're so vast that you nearly hide the chicken bones that are inevitably scattered throughout every room that you enter. And let's consider that I'm named after your first wife. I could quite literally be your daughter. My little dollop of honey. I'll have you know I'm a mere 52 and in strikingly good condition for a man of my age. You're in decent shape for the age of 52. In 1547, we're not going to get oranges in this country for another 50 years and women administering herbal remedies are still being burned as witches. That's not saying much about our health and nutritional standards. You have gangrene in both your legs. Do you know how hard it is to cover up that smell? Well, Catherine, you have one of two choices. You can marry me, become the bloody Queen of England, enjoy fabulous wealth with servants attending your every need in one of several magnificent castles... Or... Or your long neck would look lovely on a pike. I'm a size 10 wedding dress. Hello and welcome to Scrabble Live. Yes, you join us as we're about halfway through the grand final. Competition has been fierce all week and the finalists are really at the top of their game. Up now is Rack from Sweden. And we must say now that she is wearing some quite beautiful shoes. Yes, uh, they really are a beautiful pair. Rack also has a wonderful set of tiles in front of her. She's got them in her hand now and tossing them about. And there we have it. Orgasm and orgasm from Rack. Yeah, she looks quite satisfied with that, doesn't she? She sure does. That's 12 points with M earning double. On to Davis now from Wales. Possibly the most gifted player, but his tiles leave a lot to be desired. He's wincing at the prospects. Oh, and there we have it. Come, come is on the board. Davis has been making come throughout the tournament. Almost his get-out-of-jail-free card. His opponents don't look too happy. Rack's orgasm a thing of the past, as Davis's come adds some much-needed excitement. Rack wipes her brow as a result. I have never seen Cum used so magnificently. Earns himself 11 points with a double-letter score on the C. Ah, now here's the big man. Big Boris Yashvili, of course, hailing from Russia. The Slavic Giants, dumbstruck by the wham-bam of orgasm and Cum from his competitors. What can he do here, Frank? Well, he's got a P and an N. Oh, there we go. He has whipped it out. Big Boris. Wow! Yes, there's penis now on the board. Fantastic from Big Boris, he did not hold back. Boris now slapping the table in jubilation and <laughs> a few tiles have been shaken from the board. A huge one for Boris. The lovely Rack is impressed. She sure is. Penis is now passing through Rack's balloons from earlier in the game. She seems absolutely ravaged. That's right, Jim. And Davis is totally deflated. His con was good, but Boris's penis more than impressed. And it's large enough to move Boris into the lead. Can't say I'm surprised. He really did just showcase his brilliance there. Just whipped it out. Well, that's the thing about Boris. He could have shriveled up under pressure, but no. He remained stiff competition. Oh, yes, quite literally. And so to our fourth player, we haven't spoken much about him. I'm not sure if we can say this on live radio, but he's known as a man with three balls due to his unusual name. I can't really pronounce it, though. Is it, um, Uji Nikobolokov? Yes, Uji Nikobolokov from Prague. His letters are no good at all. Oh, no. Oh, dear. 
he's just let that one out. Yes, it's only like the time with that one. Fart. Uji just stunk the place up with that one. A real shame. He could have placed Raft just as easily. Brilliant play from Davis earlier when he shoved buttocks onto the board, but to put it simply, his fart stinks. <laughs> Please don't lower the tone of the commentary with silly puns. Well, first off, thank you all for coming here tonight. You've taken the right step forward. Remember, no one is here to judge you. You're all wonderful, talented people. And I believe that together, we can work through your problems. Right, so, why don't we begin with Darren? Hello, I'm Darren, and I'm a violent xylophone collector. Well done, Darren. It's good to talk about this ever-increasing problem. But tell me, why does xylophone collecting make you so violent? <laughs> I'm not violent. It's the xylophones that are. I'm sorry? I'm a violent xylophone collector. I only collect the violent ones. Now, James, I don't think it's productive to be making fun of Darren's problem. Even if it is slightly... Peculiar. Oh, no, I wasn't making fun. That's why I'm here. I just can't help making that annoying sound every time someone makes a joke. I'm sorry, but I seem to be the only one here with a real problem. I'm a thief and I hate it. Can they please wait your turn and take a seat? But that would be stealing. <laughs> Hello, I'm Peter, and I have uncontrollable urges to imitate fish. <laughs> right, and this is damaging your social life? Yes, only last night I was on a date and I announced to the entire building that I was the trout. Then last week I lied on my best friend's lap, gasping for air. I thought I was a salmon. Oh, you poor soul. No, a salmon. James. Sorry, thought that was a joke. Everyone thinks I'm a joke. Now, Peter, that's just not true. Take a seat and we'll come back to you soon. Well done for speaking out. Who's next? Well, my problem is my stubborn refusal to believe that anybody else's problems exist. I'm sorry? Well, how can xylophones be violent? That's just ridiculous. James's problem is stupid too, and Kathy's probably not a real thief. Of course xylophones can be violent, and recorders, but I wouldn't collect them because they're just rubbish. Here, my mother was a recorder. No, she wasn't. Yes, yeah, she was. It ruined me childhood. And I am a real thief. How dare you be so insensitive, Lance? <laughs> Quiet! <sighs> right. I admit that in all my years as a counsellor and group speaker, I haven't met anyone with quite such unique problems, but nevertheless, I just need everyone to remain calm, take their turns, and respect each other. Aye! What's wrong? Kathy tried to steal one of my xylophones, and it got violent. Bulls! Guns! <laughs> Girls! Oh. Oh. And gears! All of these are in purely for lads mag testes, along with articles you can pretend to read so you don't sound like such a pervert. Every issue comes with the mock boring textbook cover so your mum or missus can't have a go at your bloody women. What about gender equality? It's the 
21st century. Get some lentils, you hippie ponce. If there ain't beats in the music, ain't boobs fleshing out of the cover, and there ain't Jason Statham in the film, then it ain't in testes. Only real men read testes. Yeah, right! All right, lads, communal shower time. Last one to teabag gets a crap in the mouth. You've been listening to The Unprofessional, starring Johnny Burrows, Darren Britton, Caitlin Evans, Aaron Ferguson, Henry Fosdyke, Sophie Petzl, Sean Pogmore and David Ruddock. It was written by Joe Devine, Henry Fosdyke, Mark Hewitt, Charlie Lloyd, Andrea Miller, Scott Payne, Sophie Rose Petzl and Matthew Reynolds. Scott Payne was creator and head writer and the show was produced by Andrea Miller with production assistance by Lee McIntyre.